0: Coming at you from San Diego, California, this is the Customer Disservice Podcast, the only place that unveils today's shameful customer service and helps you become the leader of satisfaction in your industry. And now, here's your host, business owner and entrepreneur, Nick Roberge.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 2 of the Customer Disservice Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Roberge. Looks like we made it through our first episode last week, so really appreciate everybody who tuned in last week and is now following this episode. Really, really appreciate it. For those of you who are new, like I said, this is a brand new podcast, so I really, really appreciate you tuning in. We have a very special guest on the line today. His name is Jerry Fortin. I've known Jerry for a very long time. He has some experience in small business, a lot of experience in corporate as well, and a lot of little odd trades along the way. And Today, we're going to have him on the line. We're going to be talking about the importance of communication in small business and how that communication can lead to building trust, loyalty, and of course, lasting relationships with your consumers. So, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Feel free to hit me up on social media afterwards, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Give me your feedback about the episode. Always looking for that feedback. If you haven't done so already, make sure to check out nicholasroberge.com. You'll also see all of the blog content, podcast content as well. And I'd really appreciate it if you signed up on our email list and you'll only get all the updates for this content. You won't be bombarded with a lot of emails, only updates for the, the content. One last thing I'd like to mention before we get started is that the audio quality for this conversation with Jerry is not exactly where I'd like it to be. We're still working out a few little kinks here and there. For next time that we have a guest on the show, um, it'll be much, much improved quality. But if you could bear with it for this one episode, I'd really appreciate it. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Jerry. Enjoy. Hello, Jerry. Yes. Hey, Nick. Hello. Welcome to the show. (laughs) gee thanks nick <laughs> hey, hey you are i don't know if i actually i don't even know if i told you this before but you are the first uh, remote guest to be recording with me oh nice nice yes yeah, so, <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't know if that's good or bad yeah, yeah i guess
1: we'll find out <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> yeah and um you know as, for everybody tuning in, you know, I, I, I just moved out here to California, too, so Jerry is from the East Coast there, so, you know, always get, giving him some feedback about how good the warm weather is out here.
2: Yeah, you mean the left coast, huh, versus the right coast? Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. So. Jay, I want to get into today about, you know, obviously your history with remodeling company. You have some experience in corporate as well as small business. So if you want to just take us through your journey, kind of just a summary of what you've done and where you've been at and to start, that'd be great.
2: How far do you want to go back?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess wherever you think that, you know, your kind of your foundation point would be. I mean, you could start wherever you'd want to go, to be honest. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I can
2: start back in, um, just, just my uh, upbringing with my, uh, uh, with my dad and, um, uh, really understanding the importance of hard work and, you know, to get something out of life, you need to put effort in it, uh, in whatever that effort may be. Um, you know, kind of always say to myself that I'm a jack of all trades and master of none, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but not to be afraid of trying things and, you know, um, you know, working closely with people as well. So anyways, you know, going quickly through I mean, you know, right in uh right as a young kid, I mean doing paper roots and working tobacco and then when I was sixteen right into uh working with a uh grocery store <clears throat> and then doing a one year stint at college. Um just became too expensive and um wasn't working out for me so I jumped into the labor pool at that time. Uh, doing some hard labor, basically construction, and I uh, mm-hmm. said, okay, well, hard labor is really not my thing. Uh, <laughs> so, um, not that it's bad, and uh, but it's just one of those things I didn't see a long-term future in. So then I, mm-hmm. I jumped into uh, the insurance companies, and that's where I really, you know, got a nice broad base of uh, experience, you know, working as uh, you know, basically a clerical person all the way up through um, being a senior leader, um, in one of the insurance companies, um, you know, over a 30 year span. So oh, wow. that really helped. Um, and then as I got closer to retirement here and, um, saw an opportunity, you know, uh, well, let me take, take one, one step back. At one point, uh, one of the companies I was with had sold, um, uh, their division and there was a lot of downsizing happening. And that's when I started my construction company. So I did some new construction and I did some remodeling. Um, did that for about five years. I was probably, well, I shouldn't say probably. I was right around my late 40s, early 50s and uh, decided, okay, well, I knew I didn't like construction the first time. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> and, uh, you, and you know, I was going to ask is, though, the, yeah. the the company that you started, is that along yes. the same lines of the same kind of construction that you had back in the day? Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, uh, my brother-in-laws
2: were um, very engaged in the new business, our new, uh, new construction, home construction. So, you know, I kind of when I got uh, downsized and let let go, basically, I said, well, you know, let me go work with them for a while. And then I said, well, you know, I'm not going to make money doing it this way. So I jumped into doing my own, you know, getting some land and building some homes um, and um, doing the remodeling as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's, it's such a tough, um, it's such a tough area, I mean, uh, to work in uh, both physically and really uh, You have to have a couple good breaks to keep things going well Um, Mm. and um, some capital investment. And I didn't really have much of that. I mean, I had my kids were growing up at the time. Um, You know, they were very involved in sports, kept me on the road during the weekends, which was it was all fun Um, and good and a good thing. It was a good experience for the kids and good experience for us. so anyways, it was a little bit, you know, in the sense of construction, but it, I mean, it's such a wide field, you know, um, to get into and remodeling was probably my biggest challenge because of, um, the unknowns with remodeling. Uh, I mean, you can see these, you know, uh, flipping your houses on TV all the time on HGTV, you mm-hmm. know, uh, fixer upper and all that they make it look pretty easy, but it's, it's pretty hard work and it's the unknowns. It's more about managing, you know, the expectations with the customer Mm. um, or whoever you're doing the work with. And, you know, you gotta have to help them understand, especially when you're doing remodel work that, you know, they're going to be inconvenienced, um, you know, significantly at times depending on the kind of work. Um, I mean, I had one instance where I had a homeowner just break down and cry on me and I said, She said, well, because the tapers up, and you know, what we used to call tape uh, taper snots, you know, (laughs) which are basically just plaster all over the floor. Mm. And I said, you got to expect that, you know, these guys are coming in, doing their job and, you know, the cleanup will happen later, you know. Uh, But when you're done with the finished product, you're going to be happy with it. And, And she was in the end, but you have to, you know keep setting those expectations with customers, you know, as to what you can do and what you can't do, um, and what the, what inconvenience they may have to go through, especially if they're living in the property while you're doing work. So. Um,
1: okay. And another thing is too, is, you know, is that kind of, to go along with like the customer, you know, their expectations, yeah. is that kind of one of the things, you know, one of those things where you you know, under promise and over deliver kind of thing where you kind of set. Yeah. The- I think that, I mean,
2: you know, you can go back to Ray Kroc saying that too, yeah, with McDonald's. But I think what's really important is that, you know, you have that conversation, right? And, and having this honest conversation in that there's going to be, especially in remodeling, there's going to be inconvenience. You know, if you're living here and I'm working here, the two don't go together, right? <laughs> <laughs> they just don't, right? <laughs> so how are you, how are you going to manage, you know, your day-to-day while I'm in here doing my day-to-day for you, you know, mm-hmm. um, and try to be as clear about the unknowns and well as the clear about when you things are, uh, things are going to be finished. And when you run into problems, you know, again, reset expectations, you know, so it's so I guess it's a little bit about, you know, under-promise and over-deliver, but at the same token, it's just really being honest about the situation you might be in.
0: Right, yeah. You know, as
2: clear, as clear as you know, right? I mean, there's, and you got to say, kind of say that, too. As far as I can tell right now, here's what I understand the issues that are. Here's the problems I've run into, whether it be, you know, uh, inspectors or, or others, uh, other contractors you're relying on. And just staying on top of that communication is important. So mm. things can change. It's okay for things to change. It's not communicating the change that gets you in trouble.
1: Right, yeah, definitely.
2: So after that, uh, let's see, then I ended up going back to the insurance companies. <laughs>
1: <for> <laughs> they took a, you back.
2: Yeah, I went back. Yeah, well, it was a little bit easier job. No, actually, I went by, back there in Y2K, which was pretty interesting.
0: I got involved with consulting oh. um, and uh, getting a
2: company, a, a company ready for the Y2K changeover. Mm-hmm. And being the new guy on the block, I got to spend uh, – um, new year's Eve 2000 out in Kansas city, watching the computer systems (laughs) click over over midnight. (laughs) So, uh, while it was a fun trip, there was no place to go get anything to eat because everything was closed being new year's Eve. (laughs) So so I ate a lot of, uh, you know, popcorn and chips, you know, all kinds of junk (laughs) and then flew home the next day. So it was, it was an adventure. Um, and really a non-event in the long run. But part of what I was doing there was really learning uh, or helping them go through the testing process to be sure things were done. And that's kind of where part of my experience with the insurance company prior to that was getting involved with system testing. And when it was in its infancy as more and more uh, programs and, uh, you know, agent uh, in office uh, applications were being developed there was a lot of, well, how do we test this stuff and how do we make sure it's going to work when it gets out to the agent or to the field office? Um, you know, I ran a help desk for a while as well, where I learned a lot about it and it support and, uh, you know, really the issues, the agents and offices were, were having. Um, and, uh, you know, that just kind of gave me the ground, the ground well or ground, uh, grounding for testing. So I, kept pursuing that in the it field and that's how i continued to grow my uh, my expertise and my uh my positions within the companies so um until oh until about five years ago then i decided it was time to have another new adventure since i'm one of those kind of guys who always has to have something different to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) then i decided to start this little business (laughs) and move to the uh right
1: on the East coast, <laughs> right on the water. Yeah. Right there. Uh, yeah. And, uh,
2: you know, that was, a, it's a small little business. It's, uh, you know, very customer centric there right, where we're dealing with customers on a daily basis. Um, it's a retail shop, uh, you know, with, um, items that are fair trade, local artists, uh, upcycled, recycled, um, you know, new, or uh, uh, clean products, uh, Mostly you know um, cleansers and you know uh, lotions and so forth mm-hmm. uh, as well as some organic uh, organic cotton uh, clothing and so forth, so um just with an eye on where the things where the future is going, you know, where people are 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 looking to try those different things and get away further away from chemical dependencies and you know unnatural products, if you will,
0: yeah, um, definitely but
2: uh there's where customer service really comes in I mean you know you you live or die uh, financially um, on how you treat your customers um, and how your staff treats your customers uh, your staff is as important as you are because the internet you can't be there 24/7 or even not that we're open 24/ 7 but <laughs> 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 we're open enough in the summer until uh, we go from nine in the morning to 11 at night so you know there's 14 hours a day it's And that's seven days a week. So Mm -hmm. for that two month period, it's pretty hectic, but you can't be there the whole time. You do have to, uh, you know, have some social time yourself and so forth. So your staff is very important that they understand what you're, how you are. And I've always learned um, it's not what you tell them how to do. It's how you act and they watch you. So if you want them to be customer centric, you got to be customer centric, mm, So they can experience that. Um, and uh, I, I learned that in the corporate world too. It's you, you live by example, you know, the best example or the best training you can give somebody is be an example.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, even if it's in a meeting in a discussion about, you know, whatever the issues may be, uh, how professional you are and so forth is really important. Uh, and, Having your staff there watch you is, I mean, at the best, it's the best train. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. The best way to do it is watch who your leaders are. <laughs> you
1: yeah, know. I definitely agree. I've always been an advocate myself of the uh, you know yeah. sh- show through your actions, um, and yeah. that's like you said, it's it's the easiest and uh, most efficient way to get your team on board with you, or then they respect you, and um, you know they'd be happy to do whatever you ask of them going forward because they know that you're right there next to them
2: yeah and and not only that but you're willing to do it yourself so yeah. you get your hands dirty if they need help you know um, there are many times and especially in the corporate world where you know when testing wasn't going so well or we had a big delivery and you know we had to drop the systems for uh, you know an overnight and you know we'd have you know 50 60 people on board with certain tasks that were defined in certain time frames and you know you just jump in and make sure things are getting done and if it means you got to do the work then you do the work you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you get a lot of respect out of that from people, um, and um, and it's the same with customers. And where we're now, you know, we we have our product line. We know what it is, and I don't care what anybody walks in. They've got a problem. They're either getting a new product, you know, or if I can fix it, I fix it. If I can't, I get them a new product. If I have to mail it, I'll mail it free. You know, you just. They Got a problem with anything we have. I know my products, I know they're not coming from another store, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're small, so we really know our, our product line and we'll satisfy them any way we can.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And you know, even so, going back to the remodeling yeah. company now, you know, with something like that where you're talking about you know a low volume, high ticket item compared to like your retail store, Correct. Yeah. now what would you you say like in that kind of like service business like in your opinion what was what, or what did you find to be like the most important factors in serving your those customers like was it the time the time deadline that you'd have things done by was it your responsiveness to them when they had an issue or you know communication or you know i know you spoke a lot about that trust and that building that you know honest relationship with those customers but was it anything else that you saw that really stuck out to them or got them to sign on with you and as you know and on the flip side was there anything that really stood out to you that you made sure that you stayed away from that would deter any customers oh that's a great well i mean the biggest thing as i was
2: saying is keeping expectations as they change because it's fluid right it's it's mm. not it, it, when you when you first get a job and you you, you know you have to really explain to them that there are things that might come up that are unknown um you know and you try to give them a ballpark of what what that could be you know based on experience you know 10 to 15 percent you know
0: mm-hmm. um
2: but there are some things that might come up i mean i had one job where you know i broke the pipe right you know <laughs> I, I was a little too quick and i broke the pipe and i couldn't find the shut off so there was probably a thousand dollars worth of damage well i ate that you know, yeah. um, that's, and, and I guess that's where, um, you know, when you look at it and say, yeah, could I have said to them, well, it's just part of it. You know, you're going to have to pay for this as well. I probably could have, but I probably wouldn't have gotten a referral on I mean, further referrals or anything mm-hmm. else out of that. I just said, you know what, my mistake, um, unfortunately I couldn't find the shutoff fast enough, so it did a lot more damage than it, than it would have had I, um, and no one was home because it was during the day, right? So,
1: <laughs> right, yeah. And you, you, know, correct me if I'm wrong, but at least in my experience, I found too that it's, it's those kinds of situations where you're, you know, like you said, you know, I've I've been in that situation too, where I break something that, uh yeah. and it's 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 always those customers that you know you admit the problem to, you say oh, you're going to fix it, you're going to pay for it, whatever. It Maybe it's always those who or in my experience, are always willing to go above and beyond to refer you to others or to write a yes. review or anything like that. Is that what you yeah. found? Yeah,
2: exactly. And, you know, it's it's that communication, right? So I guess when it all boils down to is communication, right? Yeah. Whatever the situation is, uh, whatever the timing is, whatever, you know, good thing, bad thing, indifferent thing that occurs. Um, is communicating that and being honest with it all. So, and the honesty is the, the second side of that, right? People really pick up on honesty, you know what I mean?
0: Mm.
2: And they pick up on bullshit, you know, excuse my French, but <laughs> <laughs> their radar will go off, you know? Um, and when you're honest and sincere, people really respect that, um, a lot more than they will if you're trying to, you know, blow smoke, you know? Um, so okay. I mean, I found that, and, you know, it hurts sometimes. I mean, I'm sure you experienced that, too. It hurts when something goes wrong because
0: you're basically not getting paid, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you're doing
2: work, you know, and that's that's hard to swallow. Um, you just hope you don't do it in every job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Otherwise, you're really going backwards. So, uh,
2: But you're right. I think those customers really do appreciate that. I mean, I see it even with customers here in the smaller retail doing the same thing. I mean, I've had some, I've had a young lady come in with a ring one time and says, you know, I've been wearing this for two years and it broke. I said, okay, well, here's a new one. Um, And I got like a five-star rating on, you know, one of the, I don't even know what website it was, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it was Yelp. But um, anyways, it was, they were. They really appreciated it. I said, "I don't care. It's my product. I know it. You know, um, it's it's defective. I'll send it back to the artist. I'll work with them. But for you, right now, you need to go forward with a new piece of, you know, jewelry. Right. Um, and that was the end of that. So, people really appreciate that. Um, you know, and they come back. You know, <laughs> they come back the next year. They're here. I mean, we're in a, again in a vacation spot. So, um, you know, they'll come back. In uh, in see our shop because we've taken care of them, or they've passed that word on, or they've used the social network to tell them, you know, folks that we're you know good store, fair prices, you know, and accommodating and, and stand behind what we what we offer.
1: Now, did any of that that customer service ever stem from you know your? your business back in remodeling like for example like did you ever follow up or with any you know customers if they had an issue would you do anything for them or would you ever follow up on the services you performed or is that something you kind of learned in the retail industry
2: um no there was i think you know when you look when you take a step back i mean it goes all the way back to when i had my paper route you know um back when i was 14 years old you know it's just kind of been in my dna um you know to learn and, um, you know, see what people reacted to, or didn't react to, or when they didn't pay me. You know, <laughs> what did I do wrong? You know what I mean? Like right. they say, well, my paper got was all wet, or you know, and just you know, learning from those hard knocks things. You know, when I was only making a nickel a day, you know, um, but carrying that forward um, throughout. So I, I you know, t- you know, tying it to the, you know, it's just. I don't know how to say it. Maybe it's just a long-term experience, you know, dealing with people in different ways. Um, you know, obviously, the being in a small business doing remodeling work uh, is a different, completely different beast than uh, retail. And, yeah. um, and uh, a, a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more difficult in the sense that um, you do have to, you know, warranty your work as well. So it's not just... The day you walk off the job and get paid, but it's the you know it's the, the general you know year long, if you will, uh, warranty that you that you give on your on your work. Um, now again, if it's something they they they're abusive with, whatever you did or they put a hole in the wall, it's not your fault. But if you know if everything starts falling down, then it is you know something you have to take care of. Um, yeah, but no, I never really had much of that. I you know I've always had people you know giving me references. So uh, it was always a good thing.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I found too is that, you know, those companies, I mean, the way that you handle them like so many companies nowadays are focused on the short-term sale and success of their yeah. customers, you know, it's, and, you know, for me, just like yourself, it's always just been the long, the long, long term. Yeah. But I feel like so many are just focused on getting that quick sale and, you know, moving on to the next for, per se.
2: Right, right. And yeah, and you can see that in bigger companies, um, you know, to the outside world. Um, But, you know, even in bigger companies and I've been in a few, you know, I've worked for three large insurance companies and every one of them, you know, um, when you're in when you're in the office and you're with your teams, you know, it's about what you guys can do. Right. Um, And you're really just a small piece of the engine. Right. You're one screw in that engine block, you know. Um, but you need to perform. Um, so it's, it's always hard to, um, to judge the, the other side until, until it's you as the customer for them, you know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. You're going, what the hell just happened to me? (laughs) (laughs)
1: You know that's a you know that's a, you know, a, that's a perfect transition actually into what I was going to yeah. speak to next about your your um your insurance ex, uh, experience and yep. you know in in that role compared to your either your modeling or your current um, you know small business experience in that role I would assume that you're much further removed from the daily you know face to face interactions that you have with your customers all the, every single day now now how would how would you like be able to compare that mindset going into that you know in, in that corporate position how do how you able to ch- change your mindset to really focus on okay i'm doing this for the end user even though i may and probably will never know that user i'll never face them like was there a different change yep. in mindset
2: no I, well yes and no right i mean I, I always looked at who was i doing the work i was doing for and if you consider them your customer you know what i mean Mm. So it could have been, it could have been my partners. Well, they are, they were my partners in the development team, right? I was the tester, right? Of their product. So they were my, you know, I was kind of their customer and right, true, they were yeah. my customer, right? Where we would say, well, this is how it, it's not functioning and here's why. And they'd say, well, it's not designed that way. And then go, okay. So you change your, you know, your routine for validation, right? testing. And the other side of it was, well, it's not functioning. They go, oh, you're right. So here's what we got to change on the code side to make it function the way it was supposed to be designed, right? Um, So you have that back-and-forth interaction. The better you make that work, the end customer really benefits from that because the agent who's using that product can give it to their customer and give them the right number the first time rather than, you know, give them a number and then bill them something different, you know, Mm -hmm. as an example, you know. and that, that creates a better customer interface for the actual agent that might be dealing with the customer in, this, in the case of insurance. Um, so I've always looked at it saying, who is my customer, no matter what job I had, and making sure that they understood or that we had a good relationship and communication and uh, expectation setting. And again, same thing. If there was something wrong, get up front, get ahead of it as quick as you could, identify it, get, you know, sit in a room and just go, you know what, I'm got some bad news you know uh here's here's what's going on but here's what i plan on doing to you know resolve the situation um assuming all that goes well we'll be back on this schedule you know etc. etc. so um so kind of that same mindset you know just it's similar it's different just, but, it, but similar yeah
1: just know? a little bit tweaked
2: yeah yeah exactly um and that's what i met kind of like in my dna i mean i just think it's Kind of who I am, you know, uh, through my experiences in life, um, you know, good and bad, right? I mean, it doesn't all come just because you're goody two shoes, um, you know. Some of it comes because you you're really screwed up, you know.
1: <laughs>
2: and you go. All right, let me not do that again. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, and you let know, me, let me, let me, yeah, let me avoid that situation. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now you said you know you spent like you know a good what thirty years you said in that corporate yes. setting. Now I'm sure you must have seen at some point like a you know either whether it was the entire time you were there, just a big sh- maybe a big or small like shift in the way that you know you- that company was serving its consumers or treating them. Like, did you see any like improvements or any changes in certain areas Were they targeting certain cu- customers as opposed to? other ones and were they targeting them a different way or anything like that
2: yeah there's always uh there's always discussions about uh, in the corporate world too about you know what are we doing this for um what are we trying to attract um you know where is the you know the bigger bang for the dollar um you know but there's also corporate responsibility and some of the stuff that You know, we have to service this, you know, area as well. So how do we make that the most efficient we can? Uh, And how do we, you know, uh, compensate for the negative uh, financials that might create uh, against others that other product lines or other um, areas, you know, that can make a difference, right? Mm. Um, It's always been insurance is a funny thing because, you know, there's been a lot of bad history with insurance companies, with not just insurance, but banks and mortgage companies too, redlining and all that stuff where they Mm. stay out of neighborhoods because they're not profitable, but um, you know, I think um, I think some of that has become a little bit better, From it's come a lot better from those perspectives, but there's always that little um, you know, corporate drive that says you know, they've got to produce profit, so you know, um, how do they do that? You know, Mm. so in that becomes what a a faceless piece. Right. Um, Which is why big business is always picked on, if you will, because when you, when push comes to shove that, you know, they'll do stuff that's pretty um, can be perceived as pretty nasty. And they'll just turn around and say, well, that's business, you know, Mm. Um, and and impersonal, I guess is a better way to put it. Um, And um, that's, that's, always there in the corporate world and it's frustrating when it, when it faces you front, you know, front on. Um, and, um, you know, I've had situations where that's occurred and I've gone to HR and just said, you know, this could have been handled a whole hell of a lot different, you know, um, and just have that honest conversation with somebody, you know, um, so that I could feel better. Number one, no matter what the outcome was, um, but also to, to really just put it out there that, you know, there's other ways to handle things, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: More personal and, and kind of, you know, customer-centric and so forth, whatever that may be. <laughs>
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's actually another good transition to our, you know, I want to really focus in now like what you're doing currently on, you know, yeah. small business. Obviously, that's, um, you know, where some of my experience is from as well and, you you know you already spoke a lot about how your business is very you know customer focused and really is built on those uh, relationships that you have with your consumers now now is there are there any do you have any like strategies or procedures that you have in place to be able to provide that kind of a wonderful customer experience like for example i know you spoke a little bit about being able to you know show not only tell your employees for instance do you have any like do you use a do you have like some kind of email list or online presence for the business um you know do you have a kind of like a sales strategy or anything like that that helps you stay focused on always con- like improving that customer experience cuz that's one question like i get all the time is you know is it something that we have to always be monitoring and working on and you know i don't think enough people really put that focus on it to always be improving it. But, you know, obviously it seems like you do. And I just want to see if you have any strategies or procedures that you go through that could maybe help out others.
2: Yeah. I mean, actually that's, you know, as, as I, um, we do have an online presence. Uh, I, I think we could use a lot of work there. Um, and I, I don't mean it from, uh, how it's set up, but, um, I don't have any documented procedures, Um, it's more of a a fluid conversation with the staff I have. Um, you know, again, I don't have a lot of transition to staff, so it's Mm -hmm. that's kind of good. Right. Right. Um, but I think that's probably one of my weak spots too is like, you know, what do I do next to continue to increase sales and how do I really pull together a good presence? Um, you know, I got a beautiful website, but, and, uh, I don't get a lot of hits. Well, I get a lot of hits, but I don't get a lot of orders, you know, mm. so I have some kind of disconnect there and I'm really, you know, I don't really know where it is, um, you know, or how, how to, how to remedy it. Mm. <laughs> and, and part of that is just not being able to, you know, um, to, you know, it's pretty fractured to do that and an online, you know, a regular store and keep my uh, staff focused and so forth. So, you know, I find a lot of distractions for me that way. Um, So, I mean, it's interesting you asked that. That's probably the the weak spot that I have trying to figure out what that strategy or or how do I, how do I um, remedy that situation?
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. And you know, another thing is too, is when you build that, those relationships with those customers with such a, higher traffic, lower price, you know, business model as compared to, you know, either corporate or even even the remodeling business, like, you know, I'm sure you see, you know, dozens and hundreds of customers a day. How do you really instill that sense of that guarantee that you provide, for example, like after, you know, after someone purchased them, how do you get them to really buy into your concept and really buy into your, your brand as a whole to always want to be coming back as opposed to going to, you know, another small business down the street. And I know you also tied in before you spoke about how the products that are being sold there are, you know, very organic and sustainable. And is that one of the key aspects of your business that is really bringing that specific market to your business as as opposed to going down to another shop that might have things that are inorganic and not sustainable?
2: Yes. I mean, that is, that's, that's our brand, right? Um, uh, simply natural and more, you know, the and more is really about. Um, so simply natural is about our organic products, but our, uh, the more is about our fair trade and about our local artists. Um, and we, when we can, and when we're not extremely busy, uh, there's times in the summer where we've got more people than staff <laughs> uh, in the <laughs> store, which is a great thing, you know, uh, but where we can, we always try to encourage, uh, you know, greet our customers and, explain to them who we are and what we are, uh, especially when they're newer, you know? Um, and, and even some folks have heard us say it a hundred times because, you know, they might come here every year, but I only see them once a year and I may not remember them exactly who they are. Um, but we'll have that conversation about what we offer and what, what our, what our brand is. Um, and, um, you know, that, I think that goes a long way with, with folks. They, they love to hear, they love to hear a story. Yeah. So we try mm. to give them a story. And I don't mean a made-up story. We like to have stories that are um, that are real, you know. So, for instance, uh, today I just had a conversation with a woman about one of our new Herbalicious products, which is totally organic. And it was a young lady, and she was from New York, and came in and looked at it, read all the labels, and said, oh, my God, this has got to be the cleanest product I've ever seen. We had another customer over here and bought two of the products right behind her. So, I mean, it's, people are really engaging in that, and that's kind of our branding, and that's what we're trying to keep, you know, um, focused on. Um, you know, not just the natural products. It just happen to be a natural product today, but, you know, all our local artists and the importance of supporting our, our, our local artists and what even the state of Rhode Island does for the local artists by not uh, charging sales tax, you know. Mm giving them that uh, venue and their, that their branding, you know, allowing them to brand who they are um, is very, very important.
1: Now, have you seen, you know, obviously over the last several years, you know, organic and sustainable products yep. have just gone up and up and up. And is it the same as, Is it, do you see that same kind of increase with, you know, your business as well?
2: Yes, yes. Um yeah, exactly. I mean, that was when we first started. It was, you know, really educating people on this stuff. Um, you know what it meant: uh, recycling, organic, and sustainable, and you know, upcycled. You know, they were asking questions. Now we just say it, and they know what it is. You know, mm, it's like yeah. you know, there's there's a that that initial learning curve. In just the five years we've been here, um, and I we've seen more and more people come in. I've had people come in and ask for things like you know. Um, uh, organic foods, and I said, "Well, we really don't do food, so you know, it's a whole different, mm. whole different licensing and health issues, you know, that you have to deal with." So we've stayed away from food, other than tea. Um, but, yeah. anyways, the 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 long and short of it is, yes, consumers are becoming more and more educated, and I've seen that over the last five years.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that's something to really think about. Is you know, organic is always always related or most people think of it related to food that's a good point that you make so getting them to yeah. really educated on how it can relate to a product i'm sure is a little more difficult but also something that's probably on the up and up and up as well
2: yeah and it's it's interesting as you say that i had one gentleman come in here with his wife and i said well this is organic cotton and the first thing he says oh i can eat it and i said no <laughs> <laughs> organic cotton is not to be eaten what it means is there's no chemical processing and that it's more of a pure product right off the plant mm. and says you can actually you know you can actually feel the difference and you know as i as i showed him, you know, he felt the price says, wow, that is really soft. I said, yeah, cause there's no harsh chemicals that have been used in the process and making it into a garment, you know? Hmm. Um, and that's why we call it organic. It's not that it's, <laughs> it's grown organically like food, you know, where, uh, it's, you know, in uh, certified soil and all that stuff. No, it's just how it's processed from the plant to the garment. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's it's always interesting to educate people. And they and they make me laugh when they say things like that. Well, that means I can eat it. No. You can't eat it. <laughs> it's still
1: cotton. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was actually going I was gonna ask you something as well as kinda of, kinda of going back to, to that now, is there anything that you would have, like any advice to other small business owners on that focus like you said, your focus with customer service and the way that you provide like yeah. the guarantee and you educate them, which I think is A big piece that, you know, a lot of businesses could do better with is just educating them about the product. And like you said, giving them a story. Everybody wants to hear why they're purchasing something and, or how it's going to benefit, you know, why should, why should they buy it? Like, is it just going to benefit you, the person that's taking their money, or is it going to help, you know, a bigger cause? Right. Now, is there anything, any advice that you would give, like other small business owners to basically differentiate themselves from their competitors? In terms of where they should be putting the majority of their focus, like when it comes to customer service or providing that, providing that experience, is there a certain, is there a certain space that you've seen that's really worked for you guys?
2: Well, a fair trade. I mean, that's a really good example of, you know, know, your purchase doesn't just help me, right? Mm -hmm. Because it does. And I'm a local business person. Um, but it also helps the person that you're, that i'm buying it from right through the process and that they're guaranteed a fair wage for wherever they live right so so while some things can be inexpensive and they go well, how much are they really making well their cost of living isn't the same as ours either so mm-hmm. you know a dollar for them is a, you know can be a week's salary a dollar for us you know game and buy us a coffee you know mm-hmm. um but you, you know what i'm saying it, it it depends on where they are in the world and what their economy's like and. Um, you want to pay him a fair wage, which really means you know what's whatever that economy dictates is a fair wage. Like much like our minimum wage, right? So we're in Rhode Island, we're over ten dollars now. We're ten dollars and 10, 10 cents. Um, that's still not that's still not a great wage, you know. But when you're when you have a small business and you're only doing part time help, that's that's fair, you know. Um, there's we could all do a lot better with with wages for folks um Mm. uh, again who i hire is uh, part-time retired you know they're not trying to make a living on it right Mm -hmm. um whereas uh, or college students are just trying to get through getting a few dollars for the summertime so a different venue i've kind of Went off the track a little bit here, but uh, the biggest thing I think when you bring customers in is giving them a story, whether it's fair trade or whether it's a local artist or it's a local company, and here's what they do, and also to give back as a company, even mm. as small as we are. Yeah, we we find folks coming in and asking for gift certificates for this or for that, and I just it doesn't matter what it's for. If it's in town, I'll give you one. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's money out of my pocket, but at the same token, it brings new customers in. Um, and it makes people aware who we are, and we're, we're a good uh, what's the word I'm, I'm struggling for here, uh, a steward you know, of the town as well, you know um, and I think people react to that very positive as well so, and I've had people come in and just ask for gift certificates every year and not really buy anything in the store the people who asked, but I always get them back you know, from right. whoever won it, for whatever whatever good benefit they were doing you know Um, so I, I think that being a corporate steward or in my case, a small business steward of the town is, is extremely important as well. We're here, you know, while we pay taxes, you know, we should still
1: do more. Mm. So, yeah, I really like that about giving back. That's always been something with me as well. All right. As we're wrapping up here, um, I guess, you know, to, to kind of Put a little challenge on you. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I know you. <laughs> I was waiting for this. I want to let you off that easy. Yeah. <laughs> now, for what would you say is like your biggest goal in the next either three to six months or six to twelve months in terms of you know your small business? Is it you know I know you mentioned now your weakness um, or one of them is in that online uh, presence. Uh, yeah. is, is that something you're like uh, going after aggressively or.
2: Uh, I, not yet, but it is one of the things that's right in my face, you know, mm. that I, that I need, that we need to, um, you know, to, to grow to the next level. We, we have to, it's just important today. You know, it's not, mm. uh, like back in the day when they first started with online stuff, it's just so important. Um, I mean, I appreciate all the support people give me here on their vacations, you know, um, But I also, um, you know, to really make a difference, you got to have that online presence, you know, functioning well. Um, Mm. And we're just – we're not there, and I need to get more aggressive than I have been. Um, uh, There's just a lot of distractions in the day, and so somehow I've got to make it a focus, though.
1: Mm. All right. Well, what I was going to say is I'm going to challenge you to (laughs) – track uh you know track that down and hopefully next time we get you on the show um you know we get some progress with you on that and then before i let you go i gotta ask now i know you said you were in the room during the y2k now you know i gotta (laughs) i gotta go back now what was going through your head as it was approaching that time were you just you know about to freak out if something went wrong or did you have a backup plan were you you know about to flee or yeah
2: no actually um (laughs) We were very confident everything was going to be fine. Um, we had, you know, done a lot of validation with how everything was going to switch over, and uh, you know, we we felt confident it wasn't wasn't going to be anything. Uh, I, again, like the hardest thing I was looking at was where the hell can I get a steak because everything is closed. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably the most thing I was freaking out about. <laughs> they,
1: they didn't have Uber Eats back then, did they? And didn't have any of that back then. <laughs>
2: and I'll tell you what, they rolled up the carpets on, on New Year's Eve, so uh, there was absolutely nowhere to go. <laughs> um, but no, we were very confident. We did a lot of work. We, you know, we um, there. There really wasn't a plan B because you have to go forward, right? I and mean, the years change <laughs> But we did a a lot of good prep. Uh, We did a lot of validation. And, um, you know, we really dug into where uh, there were issues with the clock, you know, basically the time clock in our code, you know, and, um, you know, did some simulations where where we could. Um, Again, you never know until the event occurs, but uh, we were really confident things were going to be fine. Yeah. And all, yeah. And it was fine for everybody because everybody did a lot of that preparation. I mean, we spent a year
1: doing that. So oh wow, pretty significant. Yeah, that is a long pretty time. Pretty
2: significant.
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end here. Um, now, right. for everybody tune in, you know, um, the store Jerry's store is called Simply Natural. You can find us at dot It is the source for local, organic, and sustainable gifts that lift the spirit and indulge the senses. Uh, any last words, Jerry?
2: Yeah. Um, you, you, anyone and everyone who's on this call or listens to this call can give me a hard time about not having my online store better. <laughs> that might get me focused. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. We'll, we'll put up a we'll put up a link to your store there, so they could go ahead and they can contact you directly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Say, like, come on. Why aren't you getting this thing done? You know, give me some. You know, push me around a little. That's okay.
1: <laughs> All right. You heard him. All right, Jerry, yeah. Thanks for coming on.
2: All right, Nick. Take care.
1: Well, there you have it, everyone. Jerry Fortin. You really just got to love the way he masters those fundamentals of communication, especially when it comes to small business. That could mean the entire world to just providing that upper level of customer experience to your customers. As always, thank you for tuning in. Make sure to give me your feedback on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or leave a review on the show. You can also go to my website, nicholasroberge.com, and chat with me directly. Send me an email. I'll always respond back. All the details from today's episode will be in the show notes, so feel free to go ahead and check them out. There'll be a link to Jerry's business, simplynaturalandmore.com, if you'd like to get in touch with him or check out any of his merchandise he's got for sale. Next week, I'll be doing another solo show, so really appreciate if you tune in. That's about it for today's episode, so I'll see you next week. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Customer Disservice Podcast with Nick Roberge. Be sure to check out additional podcasts, the blog, and more at nicholasroberge.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll see you next time.